Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim, and we talk about horror movies on this show. This episode is actually one of our monthly special episodes because the movie it was voted for by our patrons over at patreon.com slash Uh just to plug it. Uh, but they, they get a vote once a month and the vote for this month got into it because, of course, there's a new Stephen King-related film coming out next week in the guise of It. Uh, so we had Stephen King vote, we had Stephen King movies and the winner of that vote was Silver Bullet. Um, normally... Yeah. Normally I'll announce the movie in advance of the episode, but this is literally the first episode of the month, because this is where we're squeezing it in. So, yeah, Silver Bullet, Werewolf Movie, <laughs> Stephen King. Ooh. We shall start spoiler-free. I will give you a warning before we go into spoilers, and that's how we will proceed. So, this, I had never seen this before. You had. This was mm-hmm. an old favourite of yours. Was it a favourite? Uh, am I describing that correctly? I, um... I mean, favorite in terms of, like, not all-time favorite horror movies, but this was one that I I liked quite a bit as a kid. Uh, I actually have read the uh, story it's based on. Uh, I don't think it was a full book. Um, Uh, No, I think I I noticed in the credits at the start, it was, like, based on the... I can't even remember what it said. It wasn't a short story, but it it wasn't, like, book or novel. Novella, maybe. It wasn't even novella, because it was, like, a a phrase I, I wasn't is used to seeing and see the 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 reason why I, i'm a, a little confused is because of the version i have uh, it, it's called cycle of the werewolf and the one i had was like a, a tiny it was a small book that was um it was like illustrated not like a comic book but it would have you know like one page would be a picture and then right. you know the next page would be you know the the story um so I, I'm not sure if originally maybe it was part of a short story collection or something, and then they did this special illustrated version. Um, but uh, actually, I'm not sure if I still have that copy around. I'd like to uh, dig it out somewhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I read the the original story and liked that quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of fondness uh, for this as a kid. Cool. And, uh, I, yeah. I, oh. <laughs> I had never seen it. Uh, I didn't really know anything about it. Although I knew it was a werewolf movie, but like mm-hmm. beyond that, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know who the casting was, and I feel like people mm-hmm. did me a disservice by not telling me that Gary <laughs> Busey was in a werewolf movie, and somehow he's not the werewolf. I don't know how that happened, but he's not, uh, and he's not the only notable cast member. We, we got Everett McGill, who I mean, obviously, just last night the Twin Peaks finale was on. Everett McGill's mostly known for his his role in Twin Peaks. Um, okay. I also know him from the uh, as the villain from Under Siege Two, uh, which you know, uh, weird clip of fame. But hey, so he's another friendly face. And then you've got Terry O'Quinn as the town sheriff. Yeah, uh, from Lost. You know, old John Locke. So nice seeing him. Uh, so a whole bunch of faces, and of course Corey Haim plays the sort of the main character who's a kid who's in another a, 80s mainstay. Yeah, an 80s mainstay. Yeah. Uh, one of the Corys. Uh, this is probably the youngest I've seen him. I don't. I don't recall seeing him this young. I always think of him as a teenager. What? Uh, I mean, this was must have been before Lost Boys. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is probably the youngest I've seen him too. Then. I the think so. I mean, maybe I'll look at his cast. You know, his, his IMDb, and I'll be like, oh yeah, no, I have seen that from like 1982 yeah. when he was like eight. But here we go. So, mm. werewolf movie and. <laughs> It's a weird werewolf movie. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But my my first thoughts is that the majority of this movie, it's mm-hmm. a werewolf movie that's not really a werewolf movie. 
It's actually mm-hmm. just a serial killer movie. The killer just mm-hmm. happens to be a werewolf. Right. <laughs> That's how it feels. Like, the actual werewolf kills, they feel like almost POV shots of a, a serial killer. And, like, they're, yeah. like, they're kind of like these weird... Like, you know, he'll break into a house and kill someone and then just leave. Mm-hmm. And no one will yeah. see him. And he's like... Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like a werewolf, even though it is a werewolf. <laughs> and I'm seeing, like, sh- quick shots of werewolf-looking hands and paws mm-hmm. and, the obviously, the mask eventually. But... So... So that's my first thought. I also, I had no idea the main character, uh, which is Marty, played by Corey Haim, that he is in a wheelchair. He And the, the wheelchair was motorised, <laughs> and it's called the Silver Bullet. Yeah. I was not prepared for that, because I thought, wait a minute, I thought it was called Silver Bullet, because ultimately the werewolf will need to be taken down with yeah. the Silver Bullet. <laughs> and while that does come into the story, I thought... That's a bit weird. That he's t- like no one even acknowledges it when when they actually have to start talking about an actual silver bullet. No one acknowledges mm-hmm. that his wheelchair is also called a silver bullet. <laughs> no one, no one brings it up. To, in two versions of it as well, mm-hmm. he gets like a new souped-up version that's like a, basically a motorbike with a wheelchair attached to it. Uh, <laughs> later on, I, I kind of love that. Like it's not because there are you know uh, like automatic uh, like wheelchairs that have I guess a motor or something, but they still go like. You know, like, decently slow. I like that he has, like, this crazy, souped-up, like, almost like a mini, like, car or something that he's, like, driving around in. There's actually, like, a car chase. There is a car chase with with this souped-up wheelchair, which I was not prepared for. Um, And obviously this souped-up wheelchair comes from Gary Busey's character, who's Mm -hmm. Uncle Red, who is... The sort of the the uncle that his parents aren't really happy that he's been an influence on him. Like he's drinking around him. He's he's you know he's playing cards. He's telling kind of rude jokes and all these other things. And honestly, it, it cut to like him hanging out with you know young Marty, and he's he's doing all these he's all his all his stuff. And all I could think was, yep, that's what it would be like to have Gary Busey as your uncle. Oh yeah, <laughs> it just feels like he's been Gary Busey. And I just I love that. Uh, oh no, Gary Busey is corrupting my child. No, I have to have to intervene. Um, so, um, if anything, it's kind of weird, like knowing, you know, Gary Busey now. Um, I feel like it's a, almost seems like a little subdued. Like I was surprised that he didn't go crazier with some of this stuff in here. I think like there are like little like maybe like glimpses of, you know, like the the full Gary Busey craziness. But I, I think for the most part. This, this was not his final form, Tim. He's, he's still evolving, no. <laughs> still yeah. evolving. So, so you've got all this going on. And you've got you know, Everett McGill plays the town reverend, who's a character in the story. Uh, another main character, of course, is Marty's sister Jane, who actually narrates the story at the start and the end. Um, I, I do think that the narration was a bit weird and out of place. Not, not, not yeah. at first. Like when it started that way, I thought, okay, this is going to be a thing. But then it stops happening and it stays away for like the majority of the movie and then comes back mm-hmm. in towards the end. Uh, in fact, after the opening, right, when it's like, okay, I, I, my name's Jane and this was my brother Marty, and then she actually kind of leaves the movie for a long time. Like, there's, there's, oh, like, yeah. there's like a long stretch of time where she doesn't feel that important. And she does eventually come back into it, but, and I was glad she did because I felt like, why is she narrating that? Like, she's barely involved in any of this. <laughs> but she, she does eventually become involved, so... And I also felt like her, I'm trying to think of how to put this, like, her character I thought was pretty annoying, but almost like in an, like an unfair kind of way. Like, uh, they, I feel like they paint her as this really put upon, you know, person, uh, you know, trying to deal with, you know, having a, 
you know a brother who who's in a wheelchair and then there's a lot of you know stuff on her of having to kind of like step up and take a lot of responsibility and you know dealing with like you know unfair treatment and attention giving to her but um i feel like we only ever see like like it we don't really see that stuff actually happening we just kind of see like her effects of being mad about it like there's a lot of times that she kind of goes off on stuff like oh like you know why is all this put on me and blah 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 but like the you know uh, Corey Hames character it's like well he seems like being perfectly pleasant like it's, it doesn't seem like he's do. forcing you to do stuff I, th- I think the relationship actually benefits once like he comes in to apologize and he tries to give her yeah. money because he, he ruins or or was it a pantyhose he ruins a pantyhose and he gives us some money to buy some new ones and it's like their relationship from then on is kind of sweet so it it does kind of work to a point um but it's it's funny because i actually have some context for this because my my father uh, before he passed away had ms so he was in a wheelchair pretty much the majority of my life so Mm -hmm. being in the house with someone in a wheelchair is actually something i'm used to and i i understand all the little uh the the little quirks that come along with that Mm -hmm. and uh what, what i was not prepared for though uh, so mm-hmm. at one point, Mark, he's, he's got like, this girl that he's friendly with, and you know, might, might be a love interest for him. And he he mm-hmm. takes her home because you know some person, someone's already died at the start of the movie, and so the town's on edge, and it really, it really paints this idea of the towns, like this you know small community that everyone knows each other, and it's, it's going for that kind of vibe, and very Stephen mm-hmm. King actually when you when you say it like that. Oh, but yeah. He he actually quote unquote walks her home, right, mm-hmm. and he he drops her off. Uh, at her house, and he's he's going to go away, and he's and he's got his and by the way, I love that he goes to like the he goes to fill up at the gas station, like he actually goes in, he's like, oh, fill her up, she's empty, and he's like, oh, do you want me to give her a, a full look over? Um, but he drops her off, and her dad like is really dumb cripples, uh, they're just on welfare. Oh, we should just get rid of them all, and I'm like, well, that came out of nowhere, like what? Is this a theme of the movie that he's a burden yeah. on everyone? And I don't know because it felt like it was maybe going to go down that path between yeah. the sister talking about, uh, mm-hmm. like you know, she feels that she has all this extra pressure and she has to live up to higher standards because he mm-hmm. has to be, you know, giving leeway with more things. And then you've got this this asshole dad making these just random extreme comments. I'm like, right, are we going down yeah. this path? Well, this is what the movie's kind of about. But honestly, after this point, I never really felt like it did anything with it. It just kind of no. Does it, yeah, from that the, point on, it was just because I mean, obviously, being in a wheelchair made him more vulnerable, and that became a mm-hmm. thing. You know, when he was in danger with either the werewolf or you know with car chases, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Yeah, but, I, I think there's a really good uh, you know tense scene uh, that that comes into play uh, prior towards about you know, halfway through or so into the movie. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll save sp- some spoilers stuff mm-hmm. or well, spoilers, but. Um, so I guess I've been dancing around like if I, uh, you know, did I like it or not. And yeah, I mean, I had fun. I, I enjoyed myself. I do think it's very flawed, though. Like, there's, there's a lot of things I can point sure. at and go, oh, that character doesn't quite add up, or this does. I don't quite get why this is happening, or uh, motivations don't make sense. And you know, maybe this is a, a cruel thing to pick on, but I do actually think the werewolf itself looks kind of shitty. Yeah, uh, I think that, um, and. Going back and watching it, I, I think they did a lot of um, like kind of quick shots. Like you don't see it moving very often. Like you'll see, uh, you know, uh, an arm swiping across someone or kind of poking it, out somewhere. Uh, or that was kind of my biggest problem, though. It was it was the arms swiping. Like it always felt really mm-hmm. stiff. It, it felt like someone just had a rod up a 
like a you know a puppet thing and was just sort yeah. of swinging it. There was no feeling of movement in it. It was just kind of like this big mm-hmm. stick that was being swung, but it just happened to be furry and had like a claw at the end. Yeah, and I feel like it's pretty hard. Uh, like any werewolf, uh, you know, maybe it's not really fair, but I just can't help but you know judge it to american werewolf in london which just has some of the best you know like special effects and I transformation i don't think that's unfair though because that that came before this that, that, that was yeah. like four years before this i think it would be unfair to look at and i, I don't think there is really like a uh you know a crown jewel of like modern werewolf movies with where they were like oh that's the best werewolf cg we've ever seen right i, I can't really yeah. think of one where i'm like because i mean i love ginger snaps but even that's mostly practical mm-hmm. and it's very different and mm-hmm. you know, there's no like big moment of werewolf cinema the, the recent years where we go and but if there was and you compared it to that and said oh it's not as good as what we just had I was like oh yeah because we've got more technology mm-hmm. we've got a lot more things but no we, we're comparing it to its contemporary we're comparing it to a movie that came first mm-hmm. and did much better uh, and while they can't always be equal to each other of course and you don't want it to look the exact same you know you want them to do their own thing but uh, yeah. I, I did think the werewolf felt very stiff mm-hmm. so, yeah I, I think um, like I, I was a little worried going back because it's been a while since I watched it, so I wasn't sure uh, if it was gonna hold up for me. Um, like I, I thought, maybe, oh, maybe I, I'll still like it from a nostalgia point of view, but I might also be like, ugh, doesn't hold up well. But uh, I, I'd say I still enjoyed it, but yeah, I think there were a couple of flaws. Like there was some, like a, a little bit of, you know, maybe cheesiness and you know the, the stuff here and there that's like eh, that dialogue's not the best or I, whatever i, I do and like then... i do like that it f- it's from a kid's point of view though like the idea oh, yeah. and i also like that no one ever like outside of like how many sisters sort of come to believe what's going on and then eventually uncle red kenny gets brought he, he never really believes but like no the town never actually really find out which actually leads to one of my biggest problems with the movie is there's mm-hmm. a whole thing where after like two or three people have died right uh mm-hmm. and like oh someone out there killing people this Basically, lynch mob kind of forms. Like this guy leads oh, them yeah. out of the bar, and they go hunting. And I was never really sure, like, why did they have a direction to go in? Like, where were they going mm-hmm. that made sense to them? Like, because at times it really felt like they were hunting an animal, but they didn't really mm-hmm. know it was an animal. Yeah, you know, like there was just a lot of things. Like, I don't understand their thought process and their decision making here. They've basically just went out into the woods with guns. It's like, well, why do you? If if it is a guy, if it's a man, if it's a serial killer out in the woods, why do you think he's just going to be in the woods, like hanging out? It just, you know, there was just parts of it that didn't quite add up uh, in terms of their thought process. So I liked that it's kind of a you know a look at a small town dealing you know with this killer, and um, but I think the problem was that you know is mostly focused on you know you know the the kid this main character, um, so that when you do have the scenes about you know this town wanting justice, which I thought was like really interesting, it would have been cool, but it does feel out of place because it's like why are we following these characters? Uh, so maybe it would have been better if it kind of had more of a focus on the town as a whole uh, so that you could get these little, you know, side stories or whatever. And especially since once they do go looking for, you know, whatever they're looking for, and, like, several of them get killed, right? Yeah. Several (laughs) of them die in this hunt. And it doesn't really feel like anyone ever brings this up later. It's just kind of the end of the plot of these characters. No one ever talks. There was a whole pack of them, and some of them witness Mm -hmm. what goes on, and they run away, and no one ever seems to really bring it up after that. 
yeah, we, we don't really see the effects, you know, like something like a, a movie like Scream where they have, you know, talking about, you know, people inputting curfews and, you know, closing down school and mm. stuff because of what's going on. You know, especially, you know, with a really small town, you would think that there would be more of a, you know, an emphasis on stuff and, and more people being scared and you you don't really see any kind of the effects of what's going on, especially since it is quite a bit of people that are dying. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so some of that stuff didn't add up for me, but uh, I did have fun, though. Like, I think there's some good yeah. sequences in here. I do like that it comes from this kid's point of view and the idea that he's his rebellious uncle who's like helping them out and stuff. Like, I, I, There's a lot of the movie I like. There's enough of that I like that I actually did have a good bit of fun. Uh, with it even if there's a lot of problems along the way with stuff like the werewolf effects like some character motivations the some of the weirder focus elements of the movie um Mm. but uh, but i think because you do have like a rocket powered wheelchair you have to go in with (laughs) a a various degree of like okay this isn't going to be a grounded uh you know serious movie in in the strictest sense and i think that's the big takeaway and and i'm glad you uh, enjoyed it um because yeah, it's I, I think at the end of the day, not not a great movie, not super well made, but at the same time, I, I think it still holds up as you know being a good bit of fun. And yeah, like stuff like the you know rocket powered wheelchair <laughs> and stuff, uh, you know, is just like something that you I don't know. I feel like you couldn't really get away with nowadays, but just as such a fun like eighties thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, this is detailed. There's flames on this thing and everything. Yeah. Like you know, he's put a lot of work into this. It's the Silver Bullet Mark II. Um, so, so yeah. So I think we'll go to spoilers. I think we've done what we can mm-hmm. and spoiler free. And even then, we may have tiptoed over a couple of lines there to be honest. But so yeah. full spoilers from this point on. Um, so let's talk about who the werewolf is because that, beca- that kind of yeah. becomes a big thing. So basically, people are being murdered, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, young young Marty's disappointed because everyone's been murdered. The, the, the town fair's been cancelled, so there's no fireworks show. So it's the same mm-hmm. night that he's, he's got his new his new bike, his new wheelchair bike combo mm-hmm. thingamajig. That Uncle Red Gary Busey gives him a bag of fireworks <laughs> to a kid in a wheelchair and says, "Don't go too far from home. You know those people getting murdered, and you're actually like, yeah, just go outside and sneak out and let off some fireworks." So he goes out. Goes out to a bridge and he starts setting up some fireworks, and he's not really. I mean, you may have a safe distance when you set off a firework, and he's just letting them off right in front yeah. of him. Uh, but again, his health and safety wasn't what it was, I suppose, uh, or what it would become, I should say. Uh, so, but he's out, and of course, the this is basically like a flare gun. Like it's almost like he signals a flare for the werewolf because he sets off a firework and then it cuts to this close up of the werewolf, and he's like, "Oh, light, yeah. things happening." And mm-hmm. the werewolf shows up, and there's basically a standoff. And young Marty basically grabs his rocket, his you know his rocket firework, mm-hmm. and he sets it off, and it fires straight into the werewolf's eye, <laughs> and he gets away. And he, you know he, he, he rides back home. Climb, you know, by the way, I will say this: I was really impressed with him climbing out of his window, you know, without oh, using yeah. his legs. <laughs> like he sort of dangles himself down and like gets into his chair. I'm like, man, like. When I, when I see regular people like sneak out of the windows in movies, I was like, "Oh, it's fine, whatever." Like, yeah. But like to see a kid who, I mean, obviously he does have these legs, the actor. But like, just to see him pretend to not be able to use them and just let them die yeah. was actually kind of impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I bet he worked out his uh, his arms quite a bit doing all this. Oh, like, sure. <laughs> I don't know how many takes that took, but uh, 
So, so he gets home. I did like that when he gets home, he sort of snuggles up in the corner of his bed and he's just like terrified, you know. Yeah. Um, but he explains to his sister and he explains what happened and he, he tries to convince her. And this is where she comes back into the movie because she's been kind of out of it. She's been kind of absent doing her own thing. And she's like, in, she basically comes up with this thing where she goes around. And this is when the narration comes back in as well. And she goes mm-hmm. around town under the guise that she's collecting like uh, recyclables for mm-hmm. for the, the the church for whatever. Uh, for their fundraising <laughs> and yeah. she's going around and the whole idea is, is that okay because he stabbed out an eye someone mm-hmm. will be wearing an eye patch or whatever yeah. and she's going around and she's like looking closely and I like this scene I like this looking mm-hmm. for the one who's missing an eye even yeah. though it became very obvious who it was going to be like you know soon before it happened and, yeah and I, I do think it, it is strange like when she's at the barber shop, uh, like no one calls her out for just being like a weird girl just staring at people <laughs> like <laughs> to the point where she's like you know people are laying down with um like washcloths on their faces and she just like takes them off and uh <laughs> i don't know it, it's kind of it's kind of funny but i do think it's like a, a weird scene so she eventually takes all the stuff to the church mm-hmm. And of course, she's like, okay, I bet it's the Reverend. Because he's been a character. We've seen him a few times mm-hmm. and they've made a point. And even he, he has this weird dream at one point where he dreams uh, he's in church giving a sermon and like everyone turns into a werewolf in front of him. And he wakes up yeah. in a cold sweat. It's actually really obvious at that point, kind of, that he's going to be the werewolf. Yeah, um, I, I feel like maybe if they would have taken that scene out, there would have been uh, probably a lot less, uh, you know, uh, guessing that it was going to be him because you could put that after this scene and still have the yeah. moment if you want it um, oh, yeah. to show that he's like sort of thinking about this stuff and it's in his head. But uh, mm-hmm. but of course he's the one with the eye patch. He's, he's got like a bandage over his eye, yeah. and he I, has this. Cre- I do like. Oh, go on. I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, I, I just I do like the way that they reveal it, like you know, because you kind of see her finally like give up and be like, all right, that's yeah, you know, I, I checked everyone, you know, it's not going to happen, and then. She's bringing the cans to him, and she's she's not even looking at him at that point. He's just she's walking right behind him, and he's like gardening and lifts his head up. Because and... even we don't see him at first; we see him from afar and from behind. Because he's you know he's, he's down in the dark. He's like trilling the you know he's I don't know, taking mm-hmm. out weeds or something. He's doing some gardening, yeah. and uh, we don't see him at first, which is why I'm like, okay, it's definitely him because they're hiding his face. And sure enough, mm-hmm. we get the she doesn't <laughs> see it, but we do. We see the the eye, and we have this really creepy moment afterwards where she's in like the the, the hut in the back, and she finds like one of the baseball bats. The, like the mm-hmm. that's, that's the other thing is uh, Marty's best friend, who's a bit of a douchebag, but he gets <laughs> killed by the werewolf. They just find his bloody kite, like just <laughs> left. So. So she goes back and she she tells uh, Marty the whole thing, and he seems to know. And this is where it starts to play a little bit with what I expect from werewolf stories, because mm-hmm. he knows, like he he seems to remember that what happened with Marty, and he's suspicious yeah. of her. Um, and when this is not the weird thing, Marty and Jane then start sending him like letters made up of newspaper clippings. <laughs> you know, it's like you know the the, the ransom letter that you know the, yeah. the kidnappers send, uh, telling him to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> now, I get, I get the logic, don't get me wrong, I don't think mm-hmm. I was prepared for this kid sending a letter to a priest saying, hey, kill yourself. <laughs> it's pretty dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, like, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting way, that, way to take it, I guess maybe because they're kids, it's like, well, I mean, we can't, you know, kill this grown man who's also a monster, but maybe we can try to appeal to his, you know, Supposedly, he is a man of God. Um, that 
you know, maybe if we can appeal to it, like, hey, you're killing people and hurting people, maybe kill yourself, get rid of them. Yeah, but that's um, the problem. To, 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 to a fault, because he's like, no, killing yourself is a sin. I can't yeah. kill myself. <laughs> so I'll keep killing people. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, dear. It so, seems so- like probably the easiest thing to do would, you know, be the the Buffy method where you, you know, just chain yourself whenever there's a full moon. Sure. Although they're establishing this that it doesn't take a full moon. Like, he's, he's a wolf, like, constantly. Oh, sure, yeah. Because uh, yeah. they bring that up. Because that's actually one of uh, Uncle Red when he's trying to talk them out of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but it wasn't even a full moon last night. As if that, as if it's a fact. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> um, and they're like, nah, but maybe he just gets stronger at a full moon or maybe he's just more vicious at a full moon. But yeah. he seems to be wolfing all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh so they send these letters for a bit, like you know, some time passes, and they've been sending these letters, and it's it's kind of funny, funny when like Gary Busey like finds out, and he's like, "You've been sending these letters to this priest, you've been like harassing him and telling him to kill himself." Yeah, that's not creepy. Uh, but the Reverend, you know, shows up at you know uh, Marty's school like after mm-hmm. you know, after school one day, and he follows him, and of course he's mm-hmm. in his, his silver bullet mark too, and he notices mm-hmm. he's been followed, and we get a car chase. He chases him in a car, <laughs> and it is ridiculous. And it's funny because someone like there's a joke when he first gives him this new souped-up version of his wheelchair. He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, have you got a pilot's license?" And I actually thought, you know, at what point does this require a driver's license or a motorcyclist yeah. license to drive this thing? Because mm-hmm. it's going fast as fast as I mean, maybe not a full speed of a motorbike, but it's going pretty damn fast. It's like beyond yeah. golf cart levels. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's going fast. You know, he's got an exhaust fume that's like actually pumping stuff out. Like stuff's happening. Yeah. Um, but they have this chase, and he ends up getting into this barn at the end, and uh, the Reverend like comes out, and there's like, this long, slow sort of suspenseful scene as yeah. he's walking towards him, basically saying, "Look, you should have just left me alone." But now I need to do something. Uh, luckily, yeah. someone's and, outside and hears him, and that's how he sort yeah. of screams and, uh, and ends the scene. And uh, I liked this he because uh, it uh, the the chair runs out of gas, so that's mm. why he's like stuck. But uh, it's such a good like you know again the you know to this point the silver bullet seemed like pretty powerful and you know um, a good means of escape. But then once it's out of gas, you know it, it's not even like a conventional wheelchair that you could you know try to kind of roll it or, or something it looks like he's really stuck and vulnerable yeah, and then you, you can't switch to just manual controls in this thing because yeah. the, 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 the the wheels are all like hidden behind various mm-hmm. you know the, the sort of shielding and all that yeah and uh, i think the the uh, I, I wasn't really that familiar with him but the the actor who played the reverend i, I just thought did a really good job of mm. being menacing and yeah especially in, in this scene where yeah he's kind of like coming in and lurking in the darkness yeah, no, I, I think it does a really good job, uh, and of course it's this. Basically, there's a dent on the on the on the wheelchair slash bike uh, on the silver bullet, and this is kind of what finally makes Gary Busey kind of not maybe believe the werewolf part, but believe that this 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 reverend is dangerous and that he's coming after him. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he, he sees that he goes to the sheriff and he's like, yeah, I don't really believe all the werewolf stuff, but I believe there's something up with him. Like you know, the reverend's yeah. You know, maybe the killer at the very least, mm-hmm. and then obviously Terry O'Quinn, uh, the sheriff, goes to the uh, the Reverend, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. this is where we finally see like the werewolf, the were- the werewolf, the werewolf <laughs> transformation. I, I combined my words there, uh, and 
the werewolf actually kills him by beating him over the head with a bat, which I thought was yeah. a, bit, a bit of a weird way for a werewolf. Because that's actually maybe one of my other complaints about the end of the movie. So, <laughs> so, so uh, Uncle Red uh, sends the parents away on a trip. He claims to have won a trip, uh, but it, the whole idea is that he's there with the kids. And the kids have given them their, their the necklaces and lockets that are made of silver to melt it down and make mm-hmm. a bullet. Which, by the way, really weird scene where he, he goes to the, the gunsmith and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, silver bullet here. He goes like, yeah, oh, it doesn't actually have to fire. It's just like a, you know, trinket. He's, he's, he's a, what was it? He's a fan of uh, the Lone Ranger. He's like, he wants a, yeah. it's like a souvenir kind of thing. And he's like, or to kill werewolves. <laughs> and the guy just seemingly, like, is aware of werewolves. But it's fine. so, so he he's, he ends up waiting back with the kids, and that's kind of the final like five ten minutes of the movie is they're waiting for the werewolf to show up because it's the full moon. Like they think they've been waiting for the full moon because he's wanting mm. to be the most vicious when he comes after them, and mm. they're waiting up all night. He's got the gun. He's almost falling asleep and all the rest of it. The werewolf shows up and they have a fight, and Gary Busey gets thrown around the room. And this is where the complaint mm. I was getting to is that. In the first half of the movie, whenever the werewolf comes into contact with someone, they are just immediately ripped to shreds. There's no chance of them surviving longer than a second. Yet, for mm-hmm. some reason, in this final fight, he's thrown around Gary Busey into the walls and not killing him. It's just you know, it's it's just kind of the plot yeah. armor just to make it work. It just it feels like you know, in the opening scene, he beheads this random drunk guy, <laughs> uh, yeah. in an instant. You know, the, the kids mauled. Uh, the, the asshole father who was you know making all the cripple comments he mm. he has this weird thing where the wolves hiding under the floor outside the oh, barn yeah. and he like you know ends up going to, like a pipe goes through his chest and it's, it's mm-hmm. you know very quick deaths whereas here for some reason this kid who can't walk his teenage sister and the uncle who's been thrown around the room are all surviving for a good couple of minutes you know because all there's all, there's yeah. all the drama of like trying to reach the bullet because the bullet falls out the gun and they try to like get it through the grate and all the mm. all these other little bits of things going on mm-hmm. and then eventually Marty gets the gun loaded and fires it and kills him and he sort of transforms back how they're going to explain this dead reverend in their in their house <laughs> was a question yeah. I am curious about but yeah, that was one thing I, I was actually pretty uh I, I don't know if I'd really thought about it before but I was like yeah how the hell are they going to uh yeah explain this to whoever um but I, I think you're making a lot of very fair points um i yeah i don't think there's really any good answers other than like well they're gonna survive longer because they're the main characters and yeah yeah i think that's maybe the problem of showing your killer to be so effective and then having to neuter them for the the final sort of act so the main character Mm -hmm. can survive longer is it's like either you you write it in such a way that the main character it feels purely circumstantial that they're just lucky enough that other things are going on that stop them from being as vicious or you don't rate them as vicious yeah. in the first place so that you can buy later on that they had a chance. So I think maybe like my final criticism here of the ending mm-hmm. would be that... So the, the movie makes this big fuss about it's a small town, small town community. This thing is affecting mm-hmm. everyone. Like everyone's scared to go outside because there's a killer on the loose. Mm-hmm. And then we never really see the town know that it's over. Like it just... Yeah. Like, like, you know, the werewolf gets killed in the house... But the rest, of, as far as the rest of the town's concerned, the killer's still out there, and they would like oh, yeah. still think it's dangerous for a long time before maybe <laughs> enough time has passed without incident that they think, okay, maybe 
maybe the killer's not around anymore, but like you'd never actually see this resol- the resolution where the town knows it's okay or knows that the, the danger's over. And I thought that was a little bit mm-hmm. weird, just in- because the movie makes such a big thing of it being the whole town and it affects everyone. But again, after mm-hmm. that scene where they go into the woods and like some of them die like really quickly, and it's very. Uh, yeah, almost the the Velociraptors in the grass in the second Jurassic <laughs> Park, where the the, where the wolf yeah. hand just comes out of the mist and like pulls them down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I, uh, it's been so long since I I read the book, but if I remember correctly, I do think it was more town focused as opposed to you know this one you know particular kid. Um, I I could be wrong though. It's been a, a long time since. I read it, but uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of that kind of stuff, more of the you know other town characters, more of the effects of you know what is going on with this community. Uh, I, I mean, that's why I kind of liked the you know scene where you know they're all kind of getting together like this you know mob justice, and you know the, and, the and, one guy's talking about like oh like the you know they took my boy, we got to do something and standing up to the cops like oh you're not doing anything we get like so i thought that stuff was interesting but it is weird to you know it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere when the rest of the movie hasn't been focusing on those people they took my boy i just laughed at that yeah. line, cause that's a line from lost yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah so i, I just i just i i, I, I th- when i hear that phrase i think i lost anyway but i thought of that and then i was like oh yeah terry o'quinn's in that scene <laughs> she's right there yeah um so no no so no nah, I, I think uh, you're right because it ends on like this freeze frame of the final moment of like them mm-hmm. holding each other you know brother and sister and she's like you know I I don't always get to say it, or I can't always say it but I love you Marty mm-hmm. and it's like the whole thing's been like the, them bonding and I think that's fine to have that as the heart of the movie like I think it's a fine mm-hmm. thing like the idea of this brother and yeah. sister like looking out for each other like I think that's actually a really cool idea um but I, you know it's only ninety odd minutes long like. Add another five minutes. Have a little bit more of the town. Yeah. You know, have a have a scene at the end where mm-hmm. the town knows the danger's over. Um, maybe the town finds out about what's actually going on as well. You know, before the final conflict, so, yeah. so that they can then believe that you know it's so. Because I mean, the sheriff's dead as well. It, like it's not even like the sheriff like knows the world's been dealt with and can tell the town mm-hmm. like we've caught the killer. You don't have to worry. It was the reverend. Yeah, like no one's going and to then- find out. So it's kind of weird. And they actually, it, it could have been really easy because they set up the a whole narration thing. Like, you could have easily had, you know, it would have been a little cheap, but you could have had some ending narration just talking yeah. real quick. Like, you know, nobody believed us, but, you know, like, no one really ever found out truly what happened. But, you know, people chalked it up to this or that or whatever, something. Yeah, yeah, Um but that's kind of where I fall. It's, it's a, I think I think it's a fun movie. I think it's definitely mm-hmm. a product of its time, and it feels kind of dated. Mm-hmm. But if you like movies of the eighties, you like the idea of the eighties kids kind of working together to try and take down the bad guy. Uh, yeah. I think there's fun to be had. It's just I think there's a, a lot enough problems that it stops it from being like a genuinely really good movie. Yeah, uh, I I think the like um the town stuff I, I feel like is a big issue. Uh, I I feel like I could have. Maybe let it go though if uh, the werewolf stuff looked a little better. Uh, to me, that that's probably the the biggest thing. Like I still liked looking at it when it was on screen, but it, again, it, it was more just a like you know uh, very kind of stiff wooden like thing. Like it wasn't a lot of movement. Didn't feel very realistic or fluid. Um, I think it's interesting that you said you like this as a kid because I, I do actually watching yeah. it. I feel like it is very very kid I mean there's a little bit of blood but yeah. it feels very like you know 
I think you could show a 10-year-old this and they could get into it and it wouldn't feel like it's yeah. too extreme for them. Yeah, there's no nudity. Um, I don't think there's really that much swearing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just other than, like, you know, a little bit of gore. Um, yeah, I, I'm but... just I'm just thinking in terms of how intense it is, because, yeah, yeah there's, there's some tension, but it's not, like, this extreme amount where it's, like, super yeah. visceral. It, it feels like a very kind of... Uh, not heartwarming, but, <laughs> like, it, it, it feels like a comfortable amount of scary, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I always feel like um, I, I really I like the idea of werewolves, but it, it's one of those ones where when I try to think about it, I, I can't really think of like you know a, a bunch of amazing werewolf movies. So I'm always happy when there yeah. are ones that I like. Yeah, there's, like, there's, I, there's a few that I really like. Um, it's yeah. interesting though. This is only the I think the third werewolf movie we've done on the show. Oh wow! Yeah, we, I feel like we didn't do that many, but yeah, we we did Ginger Snaps, which is one of the ones that I really like. Maybe, maybe Ginger Snaps is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also did Bad Moon, which if you don't, if you don't remember that, that's a movie where the main character is a dog named Thor, <laughs> and it's not a great movie, but it's worth watching just for the fact that the main character is a dog named Thor. And it may yeah. not seem like he's the main character at first, but trust me, once you watch the whole movie, you'll see that he is the true hero of that movie. Um, we did that. You can. I'll make sure there's a link to these movies in the yeah. corner at some point. But yeah, I'm always, uh, I'm always excited to see a, a good werewolf movie. Yeah, uh, so there you go. That, that, that is uh, Silver Bullet. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I want to reiterate, I did have fun. Like I had some fun with yeah. it. So as we get into the ratings here, I, I think I want to get across that it's not a great movie, there's a lot of flaws, but I did enjoy my time with it, and I think it is worth a watch. If, if, if it sounded appealing, if what we said sounded like something you'd get a kick out of, I think you would probably you know, enjoy it. It would be a nice afternoon Sunday viewing, I guess, is yeah. my, my final words mm-hmm. on it. Uh, so Tim, what would you rate yeah. Silver Bullet out of 10? So, uh, yeah, some definite flaws, um, but yeah, still, still a lot of fun, and for me, the nostalgia factor is definitely going to play into it, too. Uh, I'm going to give it a nice solid 7. Um, maybe it might be a, a tad high, but uh, I don't know, again, something I, I really liked as a kid and still had a lot of fun rewatching now. Yeah, I, I am going to go a bit lower. I think uh, it's more of a solid 6 for me. Where like I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, it's, it's, it's good fun, but it's it's not anything special in mm-hmm. a lot of other ways, and uh, there's definitely yeah. faults to look at. So for for me, it's a solid six, which is to say, it's just good. I liked it. Six, six is often a number I'll whip out when it's like it's not that great a movie, but I had fun anyway. Uh, yeah, six gets whipped out a lot for those types of movies, and that's that's kind of where I'm landed on this. And, and you know, I I usually don't think this about a lot of movies I enjoy because for the most part, I usually if I like it, I kind of just want it to be left alone. But I think this one actually could like be a decent remake. Oh if God, someone, the, uh, the dreaded like... R word. What, tell me what you're doing. <laughs> but I, I mean, if, I think if someone you know maybe went back, uh, maybe did a little closer to the source material or, or something. Uh, Honestly, Tim, I had think better it's a, effects. I think it's a matter of time, especially see if it no. does well, and I feel like it might. If it does yeah. well, I feel like we're going to see a lot of Stephen King adaptations being redone. I mean, I think already this year we've had a lot, like, I mean, not like movie wise, but then, you know, it's been like a good number of like TV shows and stuff but too. And I'm. Then again, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Uh, Castle Rock's coming. What if Silver Bullet ends up showing up in Castle Rock? Oh, actually, that'd be really cool. I, I'd be uh, definitely down if, for if, that. If you're not familiar with Castle Rock, because you, you might not, because it's, it's not really. 
you know, if, unless you follow TV news, you might not have heard of this. Uh, basically, Hulu are doing a, a TV show called Castle Rock, which mm-hmm. is basically that's it's a town that's in a lot of his books. It's not a real place. It's a place that's made up mm-hmm. uh, in Maine, and basically, it's going to be a kind of a TV show where you have characters from various books who are together. And it incorporates like multiple stories over the seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, is kind of the plan. At least that's the kind of understanding we're getting. I'm thinking it's kind of like how, like, you know how Fargo. Not in the same time. I, I feel like that Castle Rock may have the same characters a bit more than Fargo does. But mm-hmm. you know how Fargo each season feels like it's like okay, this season's very much these two Coen Brothers movies kind of mashed together. Mm-hmm. I feel like I think that's what Castle Rock's going to be. Where it's like okay, season one's kind of a mix of these two or three stories. Yeah. Um, and then season, if there's a season two, there'll be you know. So Castle Rock's coming, and there's a yeah. good cast there. Sissy Spacek in it, Gene Levi's in it, uh, Terry mm. O'Quinn. To name someone who we've been talking about was just cast in it. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm I'm really uh, excited for that. I actually I haven't really been looking at too many details about it, mm. but I'm definitely sold. I think that would be a good fit for this. It's, it, um, I mean, to be fair, there's not a lot of details because J.J. Abrams is producing it, and as always, he is keeping the details uh, very close to the chest. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I look forward to that. Um, and then just real quick, uh, yeah, something you, you brought up uh, yeah, a few like minutes ago. Um, I, I'm very excited for it, and, and I'm excited for, like you said, if it does well, I think we will see a lot more King adaptations, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited slash nervous about that. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, is this going to be really cool? Whether like, hey, this was really well done. Let's get like good, talented people to make more of this stuff. Or is it going to be one of those things like, oh, hey, this made a lot of money. Let's just churn out as much, you know, like crap as we can. Sadly, it'll maybe the latter. But yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we will be covering yeah. that. Uh, that is a... Actually, this week, I think I said next week earlier on, but it's this, this coming week that it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's out. So you can look out for that review. Either... Probably start next week. Uh, little, yeah. At the very earliest, maybe on Sunday, but probably early next week it would be when you, the, the review yeah. goes up. Uh, but that is us. So obviously mm-hmm. I mentioned that this was a, the winning vote for the, the Patreon vote of the month. Uh, obviously they vote on, you know, they vote through August for the movie for September, which what this was, and we did this earlier in the month than we usually do. Usually it's more in the middle. Uh, but the vote for next month is quite special because obviously next month is October, and because it's October, because it's the month of Halloween, we like to celebrate October, so there's mm. a bunch of extra reviews coming anyway. We have about three or four mm. planned per week for the entire month of October, oh <laughs> at least, and we might do extras on top of that if we just take, you know, if the spur of the moment takes us places mm-hmm. um but because of that we actually have three votes up for next month uh two of them are patreon votes and then one of them is for everyone one of them is for the public everyone who's watching this there'll be a link in the description mm-hmm. for that vote uh and funnily enough this was n- this was not intentional but the mm-hmm. the public vote is actually werewolves uh it, mm-hmm. ju- it just so happens that a werewolf <laughs> movie won the previous vote but um yeah, so I've got the I've got the options. I'll tell you what they are. So the, the public vote that is open for everyone, you can find the link in the description below. Uh, the options are Cursed, which is the Wes Craven movie, uh, Wolfen mm-hmm. from the early 80s, The Howling, which is the big Joe Dante mm-hmm. movie from the early 80s, and then the classic 1935 Werewolf of London. That's the four options, so you can vote in that. Everyone can vote in that uh, in the link below. And then for patrons in the $5 tier and above, uh, over at patreon.com slash TV, uh, those folk can vote on the other two, uh, one of which is Knee High Mischief, and <laughs> the options in that are Ghoulies, Critters, oh, yes. Gremlins, and Puppet mm. Master. And clearly, Oof. the theme there is that they're all small, 
creatures or puppets. Mm-hmm. So fun. That was Tim's idea to have a an high mm-hmm. mischief category. So you can blame him Which, for that. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the phrase, it's a you should check out the um, knee high mischief trailer from uh, Community season six. One of the funniest things uh, I've seen in, in a long time. I don't love Community. Community's a good show. Season 4 aside, Mm -hmm. good show. Um, (laughs) And then the other vote, which we thought, to be special again for October, it's Halloween month, uh, we decided to have a a vote that was nothing but classics that we've not done yet. So the Mm. other vote for Patreon is Phantasm, The Thing, The Shining, and The Omen. So big stuff there. Uh, So by all means, if you're on Patreon, vote in those uh, two Patreon votes, and then everyone can vote in the Werewolf one. The link for that will be in the description below. Um, so no, so big stuff. So as we say, a lot of episodes coming in October. We have a whole thing planned. Uh, it's exciting. Please be excited. <laughs> I just I just referenced a weird video game thing from like three years ago, but whatever. Those, those, who, <laughs> those who get my screwy next joke will will laugh at it, and those who don't will just won't care. Uh, oh, I know. I'm already uh, stockpiling on movies. I think I've um I've pre-ordered. At least two movies, uh, actually one box set, one movie coming out in October, and I think I ordered at least three movies that I should be receiving shortly and will not touch until October, so I'm very excited. Yes, yes, yes. And, yeah, we're, we're going to have fun. October's good stuff. Um mm-hmm. So there we go. I, I will say this though. I did. I did ponder this idea. I think what we are going to do actually, because we are going to be working so hard during October and all these extra movies, that we are actually going to take the first week in November off. <gasps> after Halloween, there'll be a week without a screams after midnight. But don't worry, <laughs> you're probably still going to be catching up on all the episodes we did throughout <laughs> October. Uh, that is just to give us a rest, and obviously for everyone who doesn't care about streams on the channel, like they're sick of seeing these go up, they get a week off yeah. before we go back to our usual two a week uh, mm-hmm. the following week. So, uh, so yeah, so that's the thing. I'm letting you know now. Uh, but that's, that's all that stuff coming up. So thanks very much for watching. Uh, like, just subscribe, all that stuff. Let us know what you think of Silver Bullet in the comments below. And mm. um, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz uh, for channel updates and all that kind of stuff. Uh, get us on Twitter at Tim Vergulish for Tim, uh, mm. at Wibble89 for mm. me. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching. Keep watching scary movies. We'll see you next time.